Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Well, think about it. With all that we've endured for the last four months, all the real-life worries that stress us out every single day during this turbulent time, it is so refreshing that we're about to, knock on wood, have a daily escape for a few hours. Major League Baseball is about to begin less than a week to go before the Cubs and White Sox start the regular season, and a mere 24 hours before they give us a preview. Hi, everyone. A pleasant good morning to you from inside the clubhouse. Alongside 670, the score baseball guru, Bruce Levine. I'm Zach Sadman, broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Bruce, good morning. We're about to start a baseball season unlike any other. Zach, I am uh, excited about the season. I'm excited about your energy going forward with uh, baseball starting tomorrow Chicago-wise, com- competitive-wise, with the White Sox and Cubs playing at Wrigley Field, you, Pat, and Ron will be part of the broadcast beginning, I believe, the broadcast begins at 6.10 tomorrow. The pregame at, is at 5.10. Do you have the, you have the uh, exact time tomorrow? I have uh, no uh, exact time in front of me, but we will call the game. I'll get it to you in a, in a second. Uh, but okay, I caught I, you off guard, but uh, you know that's what I do best is uh, yeah. throw wrinkles at people. But nonetheless, baseball is here, and uh, just watching uh, a little bit of the Cubs and White Sox uh, for on TV for a lot of people this week, and. Me being able to go to uh, all the uh, intra-squad games has been uh, fun, and uh, we might get a starting pitcher for the White Sox today. I'm hoping that Ricky Renneria finally tells us that uh, Lucas Giolito is his opening day starter. We've heard from David Ross that Kyle Hendricks will be the Cubs' opening day starter. We have heard nothing about the rest of the rotations for either team. I thought you were giving me times to go to the ballpark that were uh, unlike any other times that I had been told. Uh, tomorrow, first pitch, 7.05, right here on the score. Cubs hosting okay. the White Sox in uh, the first of three I'm covering a different games game. at, at Wrigley Field. That's okay. I, I think that what I'm excited about is that this isn't one of those years 
where you have to create a, a sense of hope and a sense of enthusiasm because you're not quite sure if it's there on the actual field. Both the Cubs and White Sox are supposed to be very good teams. They both loaded up. The Cubs still have that championship core. They're under new management with David Ross. There's a little bit of an edge. You can hear it when the players start talking about this season. I think they understand that this may be the last opportunity as as a core that they get a chance to compete together. And with the White Sox, you know, seven straight losing seasons, but this is a team that clearly made moves this offseason to surround the young core with veteran players who can lift up the team to another level. And I don't think it's uh, it's a crazy thought to say that the White Sox have an opportunity to win their division, the American League Central this year. Zach Zaidman predicts Cubs and White Sox in the World Series uh, beginning at the end of October. Uh, get your tickets now if there will be tickets. We're hoping there'll be fans in the stands by that point. All right, point, so but... it, you joke about it, but a- am I crazy to think, and, and I'm not talking about the World Series. I think there's a huge difference between making the playoffs and uh, finding a way to navigate yourself through the playoffs into the World Series. But as as a baseball insider, when you look at the rosters assembled on both the north side and the south side, I think it's very realistic to believe in a 60-game sprint that both teams are going to be very much in the mix for playoff spots. I'm with you. I think, that, you know, this is the anything-can-happen year. You know, again, last year was uh, after 51 games, the Washington Nationals were one of the worst teams in baseball. The next 100, they were the best team and won the World Series. So this year, you're going to have uh, April and May and then the playoffs. That's how it's going to line up, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. I I don't think you count anybody out. You know, certainly, you know, teams like the Marlins and uh, teams like uh, Detroit and Kansas City don't look like contenders, but anything can happen this year, and I I think that's the fascinating part of this 60-game, uh, you know, exhibition type of uh, tournament that we're looking at. I'm, I'm not calling it a full baseball season because that, that's just not fair to baseball seasons. But I am saying that it can be exciting, fun, and something different that baseball fans can enjoy. Yeah, I think just based on the, the real-life issues going on, no one's going to complain whether or not it looks like uh, a, a baseball season that you've become accustomed to seeing over the years. Everything about this year is going to be different. For example, you were mentioning the Marlins. It's a non-factor in Chicago. No one's going to care about the Marlins. You don't have to care about the Yankees. You don't have to care about the Astros or the Dodgers. The only thing that matters are the teams in our region. So you're talking about the National League Central and the American League Central. And, you know, when I when I look at the Cubs, I, I, I see a team that's in a division with uh, a Cincinnati ball club that's really geared up uh, this season. Uh, they are designed perfectly for having a a DH in the National League this season. But I also see Milwaukee and St. Louis taking a step back, and the Pirates lost 93 games last season. Then you look at the White Sox in the American League Central. You know, Minnesota, uh, I think, is even a better team this year on paper than the the club that won the division last year. Cleveland's going to be good. But the White Sox are still in the same division with a Detroit team that lost 114 games and a Kansas City team that lost 103 last season. And those are the only teams you have to worry about if you're the Cubs and the White Sox is the teams nah, in your division. You know, Zach, uh, not really 100% right, because it's still going to be the five best records 
that go on to the playoffs. So you will have to pay attention to the other divisions because if they have better records than you are, you will be passed up uh, when it comes to playoff baseball. Just a minor, I mean, you're, you're right in the sense that um, you're not going to be playing them. They're not your major concern, but you're going to have to have an eye on the records because that will determine whether your record in your division is going to be good enough to get you to the next level. Last time I checked, very few teams, Bruce, start the year thinking, I want to be a wild card. <laughs> you begin the season saying... You better this year. I, you, I, you, I, better, <laughs> you, you better be hoping <laughs> that you're, uh, you're amongst... Because more than ever, Zach, and I think you pointed it out you know, in our conversations over the last few weeks, um, what your regular season record is this year will mean even less than it did in years where you go 162. Um, I, I think you're going to find teams that uh, you know get to that end point, obviously being the strongest teams, the, the deepest rosters. Um, you know, so from from that perspective, you should have less worn out bullpens and starting pitchers when you hit the playoffs this year than you ever have had in the past. I always marvel at people saying, well, so-and-so's closer is not as good as he was in August and September. Yeah, that's right. He, he threw in 65 games. He, you know, he, he, he got 40 saves, and he's worn out. And now you want him to be at his very best after going through a 162-game season. In a 60-game season, I think you're going to see better performances at the end, better performances going into the playoffs because of the fact that there won't be that fatigue of a longer season. Coming up at 9.30, we'll be joined by Cubs radio man Ron Coomer. We'll talk about the White Sox with reliever Evan Marshall coming up at 10. And then at 10.30, Twins radio man Corey Provis will join us. The White Sox open up the season against the Twins, and Minnesota will be at Wrigley Field for an exhibition coming up on Wednesday night. Zach, Cubs uh, making yes, yes, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say the Cubs. I think you were going to say. I think you were going to say what I was going to say, but go right ahead. You're leading the show. I was going to say that the Cubs uh, are one step closer to getting everything organized. Uh, we now know the rotation, at least to begin the season. Kyle Hendricks is the man who is the opener for the Cubs on Friday against the Brewers. He will get the first start of the season. You Darvish will pitch Saturday against Milwaukee. Can you take us through the reasoning that David Ross had to make Kyle Hendricks the number one to start game number one? Well-deserved and most uh, most ready to pitch six or seven innings to start the season. He pitched five uh, really strong innings the, the other day, a couple days ago. Named the starting pitcher, obviously, by um, by David Ross. And he, he just is ahead in innings. So you're going to have Darvish going second. We haven't heard beyond uh, Darvish. Obviously, uh, you know, you would think John Lester would be third if he has enough innings built up. Then Chetwood. Then Mills, most likely five. Uh, we have we have six and seven in Ray and uh, Cotton that are looming out there. But nonetheless, uh, Kyle Hendricks was on with our friends uh, Danny and uh, Matt yesterday on our afternoon show. And uh, let's take a listen to him uh, responding to being named the uh, opening day pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. 
You know, I don't know if I had this in mind, you know, four or five years ago exactly. But, yeah, I knew that once I broke into the league and, like you said, I was so reliant on my two-seam changeup and just the results I was getting early, I realized pretty quick that, you know, I was going to have to expand my game, learn how to use more things. And so it's really a testament to the group that we have here, the coaches, some guys that are still around, some guys that have gone. It's probably started with Boz, with Chris Bazio, now having Tommy Hadovy. Mike Borzello's been around the whole time, but Borzi and Tommy and Chad Noble, these guys, have, they've helped me so much uh, kind of create my game and, and step up to kind of be the pitcher I am today. And, and it never stops. You know, pitching, it's always a game of adjustments. So you just try and feel what the hitters are doing to you and, and keep adjusting on the fly. You know, Zach, uh, it, it's, you know, it's great when the every man, the guy that we can all relate to uh, out there who doesn't throw – 100 miles an hour is your top pitcher picked out to be the opening gay guy. guy. And just the finesse part of it. You know, you remember back to when you were a kid in the schoolyard and you didn't blow people away, but you're playing against a wall or you're you're in Little League or whatever fun you're having. And you're trying to, even at that point, eight, nine, ten years old, trying to out-finesse, you know, the, the batter. And here is the ultimate pitcher that outfinesses the batter as much as anybody in baseball with the stuff that he has. Uh, he, you know what, uh, Zach, he went on to talk about pitching opening day, Wrigley Field, the Brewers, one of their arch rivals, and no fans in the stands. Break, you got to tell the fans. Let them know. Oh, yeah, I know they're there. Trust me. I think I'm going <laughs> to know even more that they're not there, you know, having it be so drastically different. It's good. It's going to open my eyes even more, and we're just going to we're going to miss the fans so much and having them be there. Of course, that's just part of who I am. You know, I have to try and clear it out and make it as simple as possible. But obviously, that just it adds to a level of the game, and it's going to be missed so much. But we're just happy that at least we can go play. Zach, where do you think the energy is going to come from, other than the players? I mean, do you think the piped-in sound that MLB is experimenting with will be good enough? I don't think that's the reason that MLB is experimenting with the piped-in sound. I think it's so that when you're watching the game on TV or listening on the radio here on the score, that you don't hear some of the bad language, because I'm sure the players and the coaches <laughs> don't want uh, their conversations I, You mean from the broadcasters? The broadcasters' uh, and, bad language? Yeah, and, and that too. You, you know, but I... I uh, I do think what to me is, is most interesting is that Wrigley Field and the area... Uh, around uh, the entire Wrigley Field area is is unlike most places where Major League Baseball is played. So you will have fans on the rooftops. I think you will have fans that are watching the game in the restaurants in Wrigleyville and the bars. So I believe there will be a different ambiance that that takes place when the Cubs play home games that is different from every other team in the National League Central, or for that matter, in the American League Central. I think that's a dynamic that's going to be different. But yeah, I I think there's certain ballparks where the fans make a difference. Wrigley Field is one of them. But I I think when it comes to the Cubs in particular, and, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, I think there's a belief by these veteran core players that were here in 2016 that this is probably the last year they're going to be together with an opportunity to compete for a second title. And I think that naturally lends itself to an urgency that you can't manufacture. 
you know, it's different than what you're seeing uh, on the south side with the White Sox, which is a similar situation to the Cubs back in 2015 when they were gearing up. I, I think there's a belief that this is the last time that uh, the familiar names that we become used to on the north side, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, Schwarber, Contreras, uh, Lester, all these guys, I, I think this this is probably the last time they're going to be together. Not all of them will be gone in 2021, but definitely not all will be back in 2021. And I think if we've learned anything during this layoff, the business of baseball is always uh, first and foremost. And these guys are realistic. They've been around long enough to understand that you don't get many opportunities to stay for as long as this group has been able to stay together. And that's where I think the the energy, the urgency, the edge will come from. Yeah, there it's it's a changing environment in baseball. We have no idea what this season will bring to us. We hope it's good health and a full season of baseball. We have nothing, no idea what's going forward in 2021, but the projections of uh, front offices uh, becoming smaller and people being moved out, uh, the ominous sign of the Cubs convention being canceled. Uh, already looking forward to January by the Cubs. Uh, the projections are, you know, difficult to fathom, but let's try to enjoy the moment here. Uh, one more from uh, Hendricks uh, talking about the addition of David Ross, uh, the energy level that uh, Ross might bring to this team. You know, not a whole lot. He's the same guy. He, he carries himself the same way. Personality is the same. Um, cracking jokes he hangs out all the time he's always on the field he's watching bullpens watching bp he's always around and that's who he was he's just a baseball guy you know he just has more responsibility a lot more responsibility on his plate so i think that's really the only difference you see you see all the things he has to deal with in a day-to-day basis but after all i mean he's a he's a pro you know and he's been around the game so long that he honestly he's the same exact guy that he was in a lot of ways i hope Hendricks uh, continues to pitch for a very long time because he will be able to replace any of us as far as a media person as soon as his career is over with. He's he's that great of a communicator. He's that interesting to talk to on a daily basis as well. Hey, don't limit him. I, I think he's the kind of guy that could eventually end up running a franchise because he's got the Ivy League education. No one has done a better job uh, on that Cubs pitching staff of taking the, the metrics and the analytics that the front office guys use and using it to make himself a better pitcher each and every year. And and obviously he also does the physical work as well. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, working on the lower body this year because he felt that may have been one of the reasons uh, that his shoulder flared up uh, last season, working on uh, flexibility to, uh, to try and, and have the kind of season that uh, has made him, at least to begin the year, a number one. I'm fascinated by the dynamic of David Ross as manager because the new wave in baseball, Bruce, has been to bring in guys that have recently retired who have uh, a knowledge of what makes players in the clubhouse tick that the front office people never could because they didn't play the game, but yet also has uh, an extremely... uh, good knowledge of what it takes to use the analytics that the guys in the front office always talk about. And we've seen it work. You know, Dave Roberts in Los Angeles, Alex Cora when he was the manager in Boston, Craig Council in Milwaukee, Aaron Boone with the New York Yankees. 
And that's the kind of immediate impact that Theo Epstein and Chad Hoyer are hoping to get in the dugout from David Ross in 2020. And I think they will, uh, because David will, you know, he will internalize. I, I've, I've seen him attack this job from last November on when he got it, uh, spending 10 hours a day at Wrigley Field, uh, just going from the department to department, finding out what is available to him, what they do in those departments, what information is there for him, what everybody in the front office does, uh, you know, probably 50, 60, 70 people that he dealt with during that time. So as far as hard work goes and information, uh, David Ross is just a sponge when it comes to that. Now, the rest is depending on how the talent performs and how he presents it out there. And that's going to be fun to see how he presents a team there on a daily basis, who he uses for his DH, what is his bullpen going to look like. It's all going to be some fun. Hey, uh, Zach, we have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some more White Sox. Ron Coomer of the Cubs, uh, our co- good friend and color commentator on the broadcast with you and uh, with Pat, will be joining us at 9.30, 10 o'clock. We'll talk to the White Sox, Evan Marshall, 10.30. Corey Provis, the voice of the Minnesota Twins on radio, will be joining us. But next is a conversation with the coom dog. That's ahead. This is Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine is along. I'm Zach Sadman. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Cubs baseball returns to the score tomorrow night. Exhibition game number one as the Cubs host the White Sox at Wrigley Field. Pat and Ron will have the call beginning with the pregame show at 6.55. First pitch at 7.05 right here on the score. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Zach Zaidman. This is Inside the Clubhouse. And Bruce, it's time to hit the hotline. We've got a special guest joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Well, you will hear him tomorrow night at 710, along with Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman. It's our good friend and color commentator on all 60 Chicago Cub games, Ron Coomer, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you, buddy? I am doing great, Bruce. Z, how are you boys doing this morning? We're doing great. We need you to be able to inform us of who the 15th and 16th pitcher on the Chicago Cubs will be this year. Zach so, Zaidman and, <laughs> and Bruce Levine. There you go. Tell us who really Rex easy. Brothers and Jason Adam will be and how they're <laughs> going to impact the Chicago Cubs season. I, I mean, well, it's going to be fascinating to see how, uh, how, how um, David Ross handles his pitching staff and what 
pitchers come out knowing that we can start the season with 30 players. That's right. You know, and there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be there's going to be some some things that happen that you're not accustomed to. Some roster changes on a regular basis. There's you know guys that are travel squad guys that aren't playing every day. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of things going on that we're not accustomed to. But with that being said, um, some of these guys are going to have a major impact on what happens with the Chicago Cubs because you get you get a short start from one of the starters and it's inevitable it's going to happen what what happens is then you start taxing those long relief guys and that's when the rosters are going to shuffle and when it's going to be important for some of these pitchers like you're talking about Adams and Rex Brothers and some of these guys to step up and get big outs for the Cubs Coom when you entered this portion of training after the long layoff what in your mind were some of the biggest weaknesses that the Cubs had and do you believe they've shored up those weaknesses enough where uh, heading into the regular season opener Friday they're good to go well I don't know if you could really shore them up Zach I, I, to be quite honest with you to me it's 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 not um, I don't look at them as weaknesses um, other analysts will if you're not with the Cubs I just think what you're looking at is you're you're looking at the unknown probably more so than anything and that's the bullpen right the unknown you know Kimbrel's coming off a rough year but track record is phenomenal so what's he going to be like and then the young guys the Wick brothers and Kyle Ryan you know they're going to be really relied on um, Kyle had a great year last year we saw him throw the last few days um, he looks like he's back um, to where he was last year. Um, the two Wick brothers, righty and lefty, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to uh, throw big innings for the Cubs, um, and I and I think they can, and they're very capable. But they're just you know it's just unknown. So you know Jeffries is going to be very important to this team because he's been there, done that through you know everything that Major League Baseball has to offer, including the playoffs. So the guys have looked good. I think our rotation looks fine. Um, that's probably the least of my concerns when you talk about pitching. But it's it's the unknown of, of some of the bullpen guys that they're going to have to. And hopefully, you know, these guys step up and, and, and do their job because some of them have just incredible arms. So, you know, we're going up against Brian Rand, uh, Brandon Woodruff. If you were a Chicago Cub, you're, they're going up against uh, him on opening day next Friday, and I have a lineup for you with Rizzo in it. Do you think that Riz is going to be able to play? He's missed a week here. Uh, he's still getting his exercise in. He's tracking pitches. Uh, knowing Anthony Rizzo, knowing uh, the guts that he has and the will to get back in the field, what is your take on whether he'll be ready for next Friday? I think he's going to play, and I think he'll be ready. I would be shocked if he's not. Um, but with that being said, Bruce, um, you know, the, the access that we normally have on a day-to-day -day basis, we don't have right now. So, yeah. you know, I've had the, the rib cage injury before, and it, it did take me, you know, 10 days to get back to playing. And I did not – something right around 10 days. But, you know, it's something that you got to watch, you know. Um, and he's had the back issue before, but – you know, Riz is in incredible shape right now. He's, he's leaner than he's ever been, um, which, you know, I, I've always thought Riz played 
at a good weight because he was very agile and be able to move very well. So that was never an issue for me at all because of his strength and power. Um, but I think he plays and I think he hits right behind KB and I I wouldn't anticipate Rizzo missing too many ball games for the Cubs. Talking Cubs with Ron Coomer here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, some of the everyday lineup questions that we had coming into the original spring training back in February and uh, I, I think still to this day, but some of them have been answered a little bit. Second base last year was a major problem spot for the Cubs, but it seems as though based on the decision that they made yesterday to officially add Jason Kipnis to the major league roster tells you they really like what he's been doing this entire offseason. And then Nico Horner seems to have picked up at least uh, from the spring into what he's doing right now from where he left off at the end of last year's regular season. Yeah, Zach, they're they're both impressive. Um, when you look at Kipnis, you kind of know what you're getting, right? You're getting a veteran player. Um, he may not be able to run as well as, you know, some of the other second basemen in the league, but some of the other second basemen in the league can't swing the bat like, like Kipnis and add something to that part of the lineup, where he knows what he's doing with the bat in his hand. So to me, he's he's vital a lot like Zobrist was in '16. You know, being able to put the ball in play, move runners, hit the ball out of the park if need be, but really know what he's doing in the batter's box. And then I, I just, Bruce and I were at the park the other day and we were watching the inter-squad game. And Nico Horner, to me, is a baseball player. He's the ultimate baseball player. And he got two or three hits that day. And he went first to third on a ball that didn't leave the infield. And to me... You know, as a young kid just getting in the league, he doesn't play scared. He understands the situation around him, and he takes advantage of it. And, you know, when you get a kid that's that young and he understands the game to that level and is not afraid to play, um, I, I think the Cubs' base situation is very good. You know, and then you add Bodie into that mix who's got big-time thunder and as bad as that utility infielder, too. I Cubs are Cubs are set in the infield. I, I got no issue whatsoever with the Cubs' infield. A lot of Cub fans, Ronnie, are going to ask, um, what about Kimbrell? What have you seen? Is he going to be able to return to that dominant form? Uh, from what you've seen, what's it going to take for him to get back to that level of 2018 and before that? Well, he, for me, Bruce, it's, it's a little more deception in, in his pitching. Um, and what I mean by that is not being so predictable and then being able to mix in some off-speed pitches early in the count for strikes. If a guy like Kimbrell is constantly 2-0-3-1 and you know you're getting a fastball, um, everybody is somewhat hittable. If he can get ahead in the count and spin that breaking ball over and he's working on a changeup, but just throw it and give a hitter something else to look at because of his 95 and above fastball, I think that'll help him. The other thing that I saw last year is his pitches were pretty flat. Um, he didn't have a lot of downward tilt on, on his pitches. So, you know, if, if he gets a little more downward tilt, which I guess he worked with, with some um, of the analytic machines to give you some, some, some ideas on exactly what your ball is doing, to me, I, I, I look at him and go, he's going to figure this out and he's going to be a quality closer again. You just don't play at the level he played for this long still be a young guy 
and and then things just go away. I I think there's a pride factor in there that's going to help him uh, be get back to somewhat of the closer he was. Talking baseball with the Coom Dog here on the Score, Ron Coomer. So last year, it's been well documented. The leadoff spot for the Cubs was an issue in terms of the statistics: a 2.12 batting average, 2.94 on base, 3.83 slugging percentage. We know that Chris Bryant is going to be the leadoff hitter this year. Is there any approach change that needs to be made by KB, or do the Cubs want him in the leadoff spot? because they simply just want him to be who he's always been. Yeah, I don't see you taking an MVP, power-hitting guy like KB and tell him to change his approach, Zach. Um, when you when you look at Chris, the things that you know have pushed him into that role, on-base percentage, um, takes his walk. But, you know, the other thing to me, and, and Joe Madden did this with Kyle Schwarber, there's certain guys, you know, you want them to get the extra at-bat every day. And I think that's what happens with the Cubs now. When you have Bryant hitting leadoff, he's going to get that fifth or sixth at-bat. That time in the lineup is going to roll back around, and he's going to be hitting. And that's what you're looking for. I, I really believe, you know, there are times you manage the game backwards. And for the Cubs now, with Bryant and Rizzo at the top of the lineup, you have, you know, two of your best hitters coming up. You know, in that last part of the game when the lineup flips over, and I think that's a real positive. Plus, you know, the other thing that we don't talk about a lot, we do on our on our game broadcast some, is KB's uh, ability to run the bases. He is an outstanding base runner, and this in this role, he may not be a base stealer with Rizzo hitting behind him, and then Schwarber, Contreras, however they end up lining guys up, but. He's a great base runner and always gets the extra 90 feet. So I think um, that's a real positive for the Cubs with KB in the leadoff spot. So Coombs, in closing with you, and uh, Zach and I appreciate you hopping on inside the clubhouse today. Absolutely. Um, my, my MVP picks of the Cubs are going to be between Schwarber and Baez. And I, I think, in my opinion, you know, the maturity issue both on and off the field are really clicking. Uh, if he had one to pick... Where would you go with, uh, you know, the MVP of the team this year? And again, those those are just two that I've picked out. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. My obvious ones are are kind of what you went to and KB and and Riz. You know, they could get off to these great starts. But the guy to me that is to the extreme locked in, and if he can continue this, is Wilson Contreras. I think Wilson Contreras is set to have a monster year. I think he's figured out the game, so to speak, you know, in his maturity level of how long he's played now in the league. He's had four home runs already in, in these inter-squad games. Um, to me, I, I'm looking at Wilson Contreras. And on top of that, Zach and Ron, Contreras can get more at-bats this year because of the DH. So when he's right. not catching, and you're not going to catch 60 games in 63 days, uh, you you know, David Ross has that weapon to throw out there. Hey, Ronnie, we appreciate it. Can't wait to, for tomorrow night. You and Zach and Pat are the first broadcast on the score and uh, radio.com of Cub Baseball. It's going to be a fun year, and I hope uh, to see you early at the ballpark tomorrow. Yeah, you'll see me there early, and what a way to kick off our preseason games with the White Sox coming over to Wrigley. So um, all my family can uh, 
root against me tomorrow for the first time all season, so I love it. It's great. You guys have a great day. Have a good weekend, Z. Bruce, right. I will see you boys tomorrow. All right. That's uh, Ron Coomer. Nobody has more fun with it. Nobody analyzes it better for your Cub baseball. Zach, uh, should we take a little break here, come back and talk a little White Sox uh, leading up to Evan Marshall, where we will be sharing with you our picks for the uh, divisions for both the Sox and Cubs. I got some lineups picked out that I will run by you as well as Zach later on. We are open here to you and your calls at 312-644-6767. Also happens to be our text line. And I also want to do a deep dive into the Cubs' hometown kid who made some news yesterday. That's next. Bruce Levine is along. I'm Zach Zaidman. Inside the Clubhouse rolls on on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. White Sox reliever Evan Marshall will join us at the top of the hour alongside 670 The Score's Bruce Levine, the baseball guru. I'm Zach Zaidman. This is Inside the Clubhouse. And Bruce, the Cubs making a few moves yesterday. They officially added Jason Kipnis to the big league roster. It's not a surprise based on the way he performed during the initial spring training out in Arizona and what he's done over the last couple of weeks as the Cubs have ramped things up at Wrigley Field. You know, last year, his final year in Cleveland, his season was cut short because of a broken bone in his right wrist. And, you know, he had a strained calf in the early going of last season. Clearly, he looks healthy right now. And he's worked his butt off in the offseason as well as to try to make this team. Remember, he was in uh, camp as with a major league contract, a minor league contract, but a invite to spring training. Until yesterday, he did not know that he was going to be a Chicago Cub. So let's, uh, let's listen to Kipnis yesterday when he talked about making the team and also hearing about the fact that um, he really wasn't wanted all that much by any of the clubs in the offseason. I never looked at myself as an NRI guy. I never, I kind of knew I had more in me. I knew that there was no price tag that was keeping teams away. I just did it, whether injuries or whatnot, I just didn't have the 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 want to from teams to sign me but I knew I was better than a lot of guys out there so I had to keep that mindset and keep that confidence going and um I, I planned to prove it to any team that was going to take a chance on to me and uh was very excited that I wound up back home here and um and when you wind up back home and you know you get to play in front of your family and your friends and uh your hometown and everybody knows you when you're walking around where you live now it's almost kind of it just doubles it in the point that your focus where you know uh, you have a lot of people that are going to be able to watch you and uh, count on you. And um, so you concentrate that much harder to make sure that this year goes goes well. Zach, it's a, it's a good feel-good story. I mean, obviously, Kipnis was uh, the anti-hero during the World Series in 2016. Had a great World Series, uh, some really big hits, including a huge home run. Uh, but, uh, you know, his heart has always been in Chicago, played 10 years in the Cleveland organization. But uh, he talked a little bit more about the fact of having to get into the best shape that he's gotten into during his career to make this team. I'm a strong boy right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. I put in a lot of work, um, whether 
the the time off, I knew there was a chance to, it's like a fork in the road. You kind of go into two different directions. You can kind of wait by the sideline and kind of wait to hear when we're going to get back in, or you can keep working out and stay focused and get after it a little bit and come in even better shape if it does play. And I kind of went that route, fortunately. Um, but I, I feel good. I mean, you ask any player, any athlete in any sport, some time off will do the body good. And um, so no complaints on getting this little extra time to get prepared for this little sprint of a season. And uh, But we're healthy and we, we have nothing to complain about. So the options there, Zach, uh, second base or sharing it with Horner and DHing, there's there's some good options for David Ross, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And I, I think uh, the two areas of weakness, I felt that the Cubs had to shore up in, in their lineup based on what happened last year. Number one was leadoff spot. And I, I read the numbers earlier. They were just awful. 212 batting average last season, 294 on base. And you're thinking about the leadoff spot, 383 slugging. And it, it's been an issue for them trying to find the right guy in that spot since 2016 after Dexter Fowler left. So uh, they decided, you know what, let's go with Chris Bryant because you can count it. When Bryant is healthy, you know exactly what you're getting from him, and he's going to be the leadoff man. And then, as you mentioned, second base, uh, night and day in terms of the options last year to this year. Last year, 220, 23 home runs, 81 RBIs. The statistics for all Cubs second basemen combined, just a 301 on base percentage, 383 slugging. The way Nico Horner hit the ball at the tail end of the season, and you heard Coom talk about it in our last segment. You know, Kipnis is the same way. They're contact hitters. They know how to swing the bat. Uh, they're not phased by situations, especially Kipnis. Bruce, you just talked about all those big games that he played in Cleveland. I think that's really important, as Kipnis mentioned, this sprint, this 60-game sprint, where I think games are going to be managed differently than what we've become accustomed to when it's a marathon of a 162-game season. Let's listen to uh, Kipnis on the battle for second base and uh, the uh, team-like you know, perception of him and Horner battling for one spot. You can ask Nico. He knows I'm a big fan of him. We've been working together, um, and I know he has a bright future. He He's he's ahead of probably where I was at his age. Um, I think he's – and, I mean, this can come from Rossi. This can come from other guys. He does the right things. He says the right things. He asks questions. He works hard. You never have to, have to worry about him. And uh, that's a great thing to say about someone so young where it's like sometimes you got to – make sure they're doing the right things. No, he's always doing the right things. Um, and if you watch him probably over the last couple of games in these inner squads, he's probably been the best hitter. He's taken professional at bats, hitting the ball the hardest. Um, there's just little kind of bits and pieces of the game that he still needs to learn the intricacies. And um, that's where I try to help out. And I've told him, listen, man, if I'm not in the game and you are, then you, you take this position and you run with it. One of us has to do the job of second base because right now, uh, people are looking at second base as kind of a weakness on this team, and this doesn't have to be that way. I know both of us are more than capable of stepping in and um, making it a strong suit. So I, we've been working together, and um, anywhere I can help him, he, he, I, I fully intend to, but he really doesn't need much. He's awesome. And uh, it's going to be fun to watching them compete, uh, the young guy and the veteran and uh, the versatility uh, that they both bring to the team. You know, Horner is the consensus backup shortstop for Baez after doing such a great job 
in September when Baez went down with a hand injury, and uh, we'll be watching Horner evolve as a second baseman as well. And then, of course, the options uh, that Ross has to put Kibnis in a DH role and to um, move these two around, lefty, righty. So it's going to be fun to watch. I think, as you said, Zach, uh, what, what once was perceived a weakness last year at this position could end up being a strength. Yeah, and it needs to be because you need to have guys that that can give you some offense at every position, the way the game has changed. And the Cubs really did not get much offense from the second base position uh, a week ago. And I'm not one of these guys. Let me know what you think about this, Bruce. But I, I don't think it's a competition between Kipnis and Horner at second. I think both are going to play uh, the position, and it's going to be a matchups-related thing where you, you almost have a platoon. When we look back at the end of the year, if everyone's able to stay healthy, I, I think what you'll see happening is a platoon at second base between Kipnis and Horner. Right, and, and when you say everyone's going to hopefully stay healthy, they won't, okay? There'll be injuries. We're, we're dealing with it for the White Sox with Mancata coming back from COVID uh, and hopefully getting his legs under him for opening day start on Friday against the Twins, and the same thing with Rizzo from injury. Uh, You know, injury, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been talking about that being the most, uh, you know, threatening to baseball, but we know injuries, uh, you know, are going to mount up, and now with injuries and IL visits, uh, you could be on uh, the IL for um, two stints, and that's one third of the season. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna be from, a big from issue. all of that, it's gonna be, it's gonna be challenging for managers and teams to keep their players on the field and the impactful ones that go down with injury. And that's why I, I think position flexibility this year, more so than years gone by, is crucial. And that's where I mean we've seen it even in some of these inter-squad games where you can take Chris Bryant, move him from third to first. Uh, if Rizzo is out for a little bit of a period of time to start the season, they've got the super sub David Bodie that they can use in a variety of different positions in the infield. We also can see him out in the outfield if need be. Ian Happ is a guy that can play a number of different outfield spots, but you can also use him at second base. Uh, You've got the position flexibility of Victor Caratini, who not only can catch but play first. Uh, Kyle Schwarber can be used as a DH. You can put Stephen Souza Jr. uh, out there in the outfield. So I do think uh, this is something that the Cubs took into account. There is a lot of versatility uh, up and down, both in the starting lineup as well as the guys coming off the dugout and, and the bench, if need be. He's Zach Zaidman. I'm Bruce Levine. It's Inside the Clubhouse every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year on the score, Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, when we come back, we are hoping to talk to Evan Marshall, the pitcher for the White Sox. Your call's always invited here at 312-644-6767. It's Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 